I'm McKenna, the host for today's episode. We also have Ms. Smith, Lila, and Charlie uh, with us today. We have two very special guests today. Mr. Hale and Ms. Collins are joining us. Uh, they both teach third grade at our school. First, we want to ask some questions to help our audience get to know them better. Then we will ask some uh, questions more specific to school, uh, remote teaching, and coming back to school. Welcome to the show, Mr. Hale and Mrs. Collins. Thanks for having us. We are excited to be here. Um, so first question, uh, why did you want to become a teacher? Ooh, that's a great question. I, um, when I started college, I started off as an elementary um, major and I always knew, even when I was young, that I loved um, fostering education with children and just seeing the growth that kids have and seeing the love of learning that I have be, you know, going to go into other children as well. It's amazing. Um, but in college, I actually switched majors and it kind of, I went on a path that was different than education. Um, but as you know, I came back to it. <laughs> um, I feel like I have always been connected to education in some form or fashion. Um, and I just love seeing the excitement as kids are learning and um, experiencing new things, especially for the first time. And my path was a little bit more direct, but a little later in life. Um, I started to realize I liked teaching when I was working in my um, churches, like Sunday school services. And from there, I did an internship in high school where I worked with a second grade class um, and then went to college for elementary education. So um, and I've been a teacher ever since, but I've always just loved um, the development of working with kids and um, having that responsibility and that um, impact with them. And it's one of the most creative jobs that I can think of because you're literally constructing knowledge for them to come up with, which is awesome. Cool. Um, Charlie, do you have a question? Um, yeah, so I was wondering, how long have you been teaching? So this year is my seventh year of teaching. So my first year of teaching was my first year at Woods. Um, so this is my seventh year. And I think this is my 10th year of teaching total. How long have you been teaching at Woods, Mr. Hale? Oh, thank you. I have, this is my sixth year at Woods. I've taught in three other countries and then Charlotte before that. Lila, what's your question? What's some of um, your favorite subjects or topics to teach? My favorite is definitely science. I love the hands-on experiences and the fact that kids get to like um, experiment and try different ways and that things don't always work out exactly how they're supposed to and just learning from that process of doing. Um, they get to come up and make up their own assumptions because science is really just like the lens through which we see the world and the more that we play around with it and um, experiment the more we learn about stuff which is awesome 
So I would say my, um, it's, that's a tough, that's a tough question because I love um, teaching language arts and I love to um, really see the love of reading grow within students, especially in third grade. Um, but I also really love teaching math. Um, it's funny because I never, um, as a third grader, even as a high school student, I never loved math myself until I was in college um, and I received my master's in elementary education and I took a math course that was all about teaching math to, to elementary age students and I absolutely loved it. Um, so it completely changed my perspective of math and teaching math and I just love to see um, that also, the, the growth that occurs. It's a lot of fun. I was gonna say I thought that math was gonna be your favorite because I think that's what you're best at, for sure. Yes, and I love, I knew that you were gonna say science, of course. <laughs> and I, I also think it connects that um, if you struggled with something growing up, it kind of makes you a better teacher because you understand the difficulties that come with it. Math came really easily for me growing up. So it was a little bit harder for me to know how to teach it because I was like, it just makes sense. And so I had a harder time understanding when students didn't get it because I didn't have that connection. Okay, so next question. Um, as you were talking, it was making me think of some pictures that I've seen from your classes before. <laughs> so what are some of your most memorable lessons and activities? I know, I think Mr. Hale, you've done like an escape room activity. So can you talk a little bit about some of those that come to mind. Kind of, we're putting you on the spot here. I'm sure there will be others that you'll think about later on, but just a few that come to mind for now. Sure, yeah. The um, escape rooms are a lot of fun. I've done them with um, first grade and third grade. Um, I think it's awesome because it can be done with any age. All you need is to um, just take a topic, and it's actually really cool to do as an alternative for like a test. You just take those questions that kids have learned and then just break them apart and make it into kind of like a puzzle and they associate numbers and things and all you need is a toolbox and some locks and it forces kids to communicate and work together and it's um, not they know right away if it's right or wrong because if it's wrong it doesn't unlock it so they get to go back and try it again um, and eventually they get it right. And I think that's so much better than a test where you get one chance. And if you got it wrong, that means you got it wrong for forever. Like this is as much time as you need, you get it to figure it out. The only stressor is if you put a clock to it. And oftentimes in our classrooms, um, Mr. Hale and I do a lot of activities together. Um, we, that's a, that's something that both of us enjoy doing is, when we are teaching and doing something really exciting and different, it's, we like to have each other to bounce ideas off and um, to mix our kids up because it's not all, you know, it's, we, at Woods, we only have two classes. The kids all know each other, but it's still nice to have different experiences um, with students outside of your classroom. Um, I think for me, a lot of um, my favorite um, lessons and activities come from um, hands-on activities and projects that we do. Um, we, for example, we have our rivers project, which is, um, it ends in, you know, using salt dough to create 
a model of your river. Um, also, um, we, we often just try to have, ex have experiences in the classroom where um, this, the learning is not necessarily like what Mr. Hill was saying in a test form. Um, we like to provide other opportunities to show knowledge of a specific topic. Um, another good example is our Julius Caesar play. Um, we love um, concluding our Rome unit with the Julius Caesar play that started many, many, many years ago. I think our seniors this year, um, they all participate, or the ones that were in third grade at Woods participated in the Julius Caesar play. Um, so that's exciting all throughout K-12, or third through 12th grade have all done the play. Um, and we definitely try to switch things up every year um, as far as keeping things engaging, not only for the students, but also for us. Um, one thing that we are missing this year is um, there's a lot of opportunities that don't translate well to virtual, you know, to online learning. Um, so that's been something that we've had to rethink and reimagine and try to still bring things to the students in a creative way, but not hands-on is what we're used to. <laughs> Can I ask, since we've taught all three of you, what is the most memorable thing that you guys remember from class, either in first or third grade? Um, uh, so, <laughs> okay, uh, Lila, you can go. Well, for me, it was the River Project because that was a lot of fun. And the flat Stanley in first grade, I remember that. But, and I still have it somewhere. I don't know where it went though. That's awesome. Yeah, we did a flat Stanley. We did a um, taking oh. it and taking it different places, but we also connected with the class that I used to teach in Korea. And I remember my pen pal's name still. Her Which name is? is Yoon, I think. Yoon, yeah. That's correct. Yeah, you still have the letters from her. And I still have a picture of her. Like, mm -hmm. That's awesome that that sticks in memory for you. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I think probably from first grade was the switching of classes where I, uh, Miss uh, Stewart taught English and then you taught science, Mr. Hale. And so uh, we kind of like switch classes and it kind of be like a fun mini field trip. Uh, and then from third grade, uh, the river project, I had my river for like a year and a half and then uh, we had to throw it away because it kept crumbling and there was uh, salt, dried salto everywhere. But yeah, I remember uh, the river project really well. I think it's also proof that um you know, a river is always changing and eroding and doesn't last forever. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't there in third grade, but I definitely remember there's this project um, about uh, like different countries. And yeah, I don't know, I remember that, but so I think that's what I remember. And I wouldn't remember anything from third grade because I wasn't there. Yeah, having first graders get up and give a full presentation on a country was pretty awesome. They did a phenomenal job with that. Oh, I remember that. I got New Zealand. I also remember the Canada project, too, from third grade. Okay, I have the next, the next question. So, what do you do like 
What do you like to do in your free time that's not related to school? Typically, I like to, when I can, go rock climbing is one of my favorite things. I haven't done it in a long time now. Um, I also used to be part of a kickball league for adults, which was fun. Uh, but mostly, I just enjoy being outside and going hiking and just, um, and board games. Board games are also one of my all-time favorites. I've gotten really into that with this pandemic. And pandemic is actually one of my favorite board games, which is so funny. It does not connect to what's happening now. <laughs> yeah, we definitely have been playing board games at our house, um, as well as doing puzzles. Um, but my very favorite activity is to read. Um, <laughs> I love books. I love every, um, any type of genre. I love to read. Um, and Lila can attest to that is something that I love to do. Yes. <laughs> um, I, we also enjoy being outside, spending time with my family. Um, I feel very fortunate that my parents live on the same road that I live on. And so we walk to their house a lot. We see them frequently. Um, so they are definitely a part of our bubble during this pandemic. And I think it's been um, such a blessing to have them so close to us and to be able to have to spend time with them. I also like pranks uh, from time to time. The, when you mentioned puzzles, Ms. Collins, it made me think of the 5,000 piece puzzle of New York City that I brought in one time. and. Um, it was a like January project for me. It took me a full month and then I snuck it into Mr. Brian's office and just left it there and didn't tell him why it was there or who left it and that was great. Did you leave it finished or? Yeah, it was finished. It was a 3D um. puzzle so it was super tall. Um, and then I think he moved it to Miss Sperry's office. It got moved around a bunch, and then I think a student took it home. Did they eventually figure out you were behind that? Eventually. <laughs> I think somebody saw me. So the next question is for Mr. Hale. What other countries did you teach in, and uh, which country was your favorite to teach in, and why? So in college, I studied abroad in Costa Rica, and I lived with a host family. And there I worked at a um, bilingual school uh, that taught, that's uh, learned Spanish and English. And I ended up doing my first pen pal program with them, which was awesome. And then I ended up going to Italy for four months to learn, to get a um, certification in teaching English as a foreign language. And there I just did um, private tutoring. So just like one-on-one -on -one with um, different kids. And then after that, I ended up going to South Korea teaching in Seoul for two and a half years. And that was probably by far my favorite. Um, it was English through immersion. So it was like five to seven year olds who um, were learning. It was all taught in English. Um, obviously their native language was Korean. And so it was a lot of like directions where you just like kind of use hand signals, like go get the scissors and stuff for the youngest kids. But by the end of it, they were reading and writing in English. Like they sent our first grade class letters, which was awesome. Um, 
and it was just really impressive how quickly by having that language being heard every single day, um, they were able to pick it up. Cool. Charlie, do you have a question? Um, yeah, so how did remote teaching change for you in March of last year versus the beginning of school this year? So I think um, when we went into remote learning in March, we kind of all thought it was temporary. <laughs> um, so it kind of, it, for us, we thought this is a great opportunity for us to do, um, you know, practice some online skills like using Google Classroom and turning in assignments. And um, we thought it was not going to be as long-term as what it has been. So I think in the beginning, um, our teaching was, we did a lot of, um, engaging activities online, but also trying to um, keep kids connected with each other. And I think that's been the common thing from last school year into this school year is keeping the connections among classmates and between teachers and our students. And I think, um, you know, that's been not always easy, but I think that, you know, making sure students are showing up for meetings and have the opportunity to ask questions has changed. The way that looks has changed. Um, you know, it's hard to not have conversations one-on-one um, -on -one with a student or to be able to help them if something is, uh, if, they're, if they don't understand something right in that moment because we're not right there beside them. Um, so that's kind of really impacted the way we teach. Um, but I think that the overarching kind of topic that we continue to come around to is the making connections with our students um, in the classroom. A lot of activities and lessons and um, topics that we're studying can be taught both ways. We found creative ways to do that. We use um, a program called PlayPosit where we are making a video and then um, it's it basically some, so something relatable is it looks sort of like a con video, the Khan Academy where it pauses and asks, and you have to interact with the video and answer questions in order to continue. Um, and so using that program has been um, a helpful tool for us as far as direct instruction goes. But um, I also think that having our scheduled meetings with our students and having setting time aside where we're not only in meetings to be learning specific topics and um, you know whatever it is that we're covering is really important. I think also like when March came around, like it was kind of a scramble. Like we definitely had an idea of what we wanted to do, but it was just, how is this going to work? What's going to click? Like we changed through ideas a bunch and for a lot of students, their internet connections weren't great or they didn't have a reliable device all the time. Um, so why we started using that play posit program is because, um, we couldn't teach, we couldn't trust that every kid would be online at the right time and they would be able to have enough connection to learn. So we started recording those lessons um, because they could go back and watch them anytime they needed. And that's carried on into this year, but at least this year we can have times where it is dedicated to learning where we can all meet um, and where we can learn from each other and have conversations. Um, but we, like Ms. Collins said, we still throw in more social fun parts that kids miss out on from um, 
not being in person. So I have another question. How do you stay organized? I think we are definitely much more organized than we have been in any year previous. This is the fourth year of Ms. Collins and I working together, but I think the fact that we have to plan out um, lessons and kids have to have some, have to have the supplies in front of them. It's made us think months in advance and we <laughs> have all of our assignments usually done on Sunday and they are just scheduled to post throughout the week. So all of our creation of work, except for videos that we record and stuff, are almost done a full week in advance, which usually never happens in previous years. Usually it's like, okay, what am I teaching tomorrow? Right. It uh, is definitely, so it's how to yeah. keep us online or in line in a scheduled pace. Yes, that definitely is very true. We, um, in the, in past years, we would, you, it's, you don't want to work too far ahead and get too far ahead because a lesson might take, you might need to reteach something or, it, you know, something might come up and you have to skip a lesson for whatever reason. So um, it has definitely allowed for us to be more um, organized in our planning, but also, um, you know, Mr. Hale and I meet multiple times a week to make sure we are, you know, our plans, because we, all of our lessons are basically aligned. Um, my class and his class are both very similar in the things that we are teaching. Um, which allows for kind of us to both see it broadens our teaching actually because he can say well what about this and you know we're bouncing ideas constantly off of each other so our meetings that we have um, are very very helpful um, and also it having two people looking for resources rather than just one obviously it's going to you know it creates more opportunities um, for learning which is, has been great for us and, something um, good because um, like when we record videos and things, sometimes it's me in the video, sometimes it's Collins in the video. And so students get to hear from a variety of people, which I prefer because I'm sure that people get sick of hearing my voice all the time. <laughs> right. I agree with that. Not, not getting sick of your voice. I agree with you <laughs> in the sense that it's good to mix up the teaching and who's teaching what. And for our listeners who don't know, can you clarify how, what your elementary schedule is like right now? Yes. So we have um, third grade students have meetings in the morning. We have one meeting that's usually an hour and a half-ish in the mornings. Um, then students have independent work time, but they also have a check-in opportunity um, where it's, we call it an open classroom where kids can join our Zoom meeting if they have a question about a specific assignment that they're working on independently. Um, and then they have lunch, um, which we have no meetings during that time. Um, they also attend a special in the afternoon. And then we have one afternoon meeting that um, is, can be many different topics <laughs> in that. It's not a set, you know, science during this time, math during this time. It's, we have more of just set blocks that we are teaching. And that way we have more flexibility because the students are in our class the entire time. We've also started book groups, which has been really cool. Um, we've gotten Miss Collins and I do it, uh, Miss Pass, uh, who is a teaching assistant for third and fourth grade, and then two parent volunteers have offered to help. And so kids are put into a group of about five and they're 
twice a week, we dedicate time for them to read a chapter book and just discuss it, which has been great. So they get a smaller group um, conversations and um, it just feels more personal. Yeah, and that's something that we really, um, it took a lot of planning on our side to make that happen as, as far as how to organize it, what that's going to look like um for all of our students because we felt like that was such a huge part of third grade as far as you know with reading and not just reading to always be reading to answer a question but to grow the love of reading so we are very we are very happy that we are able to do that and um you know to consistently have those meetings for our students um so you both mentioned play posit the website um what other platforms i'm assuming you're using google classroom a lot are there any of your favorite platforms or sites that you're using a lot with remote learning? Um, we use, um, we, yeah, at the beginning, we figured out since that less is more oftentimes because when we throw too many websites and logins, it can be very cumbersome and tricky for the students to make sure they're in the right spot. At the right time, um, so we do. That's why we have used PlayPosit. Um, yet, like you said, we also use Google Classroom. Um, we have used a lot of Khan Academy and ReadWorks um, because those are um, websites that students we we can see the the direct progress that they're making. We can see exactly um, how students are answering questions. Um, so that has been good. We also use things like brain pop and vocabulary um and what else i'm i'm sure mr hill has many more <laughs> uh flipgrid has been a huge one like we oh yes uh for our rivers project we ended up having students present their entire project through flipgrid which has been great because it lets them go back and rewatch it and say oh like this didn't um i stumbled through some of this i can record it again and they actually even though we weren't there to support them those were the best presentations that I think we've ever seen out of students um, from years past just because they had that chance to be able to see how it looks when they are presenting um, and it, we've also used it for a lot of social portions just like share about your favorite memory or like tell us a joke or show us a talent like just so that they get to see each other and respond to each other it has been really great and there's no like pressure to do anything it's just kind of there for fun um, and don't you also use uh, like Prodigy and stuff as well, if I'm not correct? We do, yep, you're right. We do use Prodigy. We don't see it as much, uh, but kids love it. And it's been, I mean, that's something that's kind of like it's a prize that they love to do. Um, yeah, my sister plays Prodigy all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and that's been great because like you can battle and um, play with your friends from class. I know yeah my students have been like we're gonna get on it this time and battle together and i'm like okay like <laughs> it's a way to interact um, to interact with each other but also to um practice math skills which is wonderful <laughs> so next question what are uh struggles that you've had through remote teaching i would say definitely student participation um it's just so hard to get kids to respond when it's through video um either they feel shy or there's a delay or um it just doesn't feel as natural uh, and their camera is like off 
Yes, and a lot of kids have their cameras off. I'm always trying to find incentives or ways to get them to turn them on when they can, but um, I know that some kids might feel worried or embarrassed that people are behind them because they don't have a room to themselves and stuff, so I get it. Um, it's hard to be living and learning out of, out of your house. Yeah, for us, for middle school, we have to have our cameras on. Um, yeah, we definitely encourage cameras to be on which is, it's, it makes a big difference, I think, as far as teaching, but also for learning as well. I think for, for me, um, on, for that question, one thing that's been hard is really getting a true idea of student work, because um, we are, we're not getting to, you know, we don't have papers turned into us like we would in the normal classroom. So we have to check things online, um, and see kind of student growth that way. It's been, it can be challenging to make sure that everybody's turned in work. Cause something that typically would take five minutes to just check over and see that everybody's done would probably take, you know, five times as long. So it just, it's much uh, more time consuming as far as grading is concerned. And I also think in elementary, because we don't have grades specifically, um, it is, kind of put grades on things when we necess wouldn't necessarily have grades on a certain assignment or a certain activity, but it shows completion versus, you know, a, a score. So that's been an adjustment for us, I think. And then I just like miss just the non-academic moments where you just like have connections with students. Um, that just doesn't happen as often because you're jam packing as much as you can into the small amount of time that you have to teach. Um, I always like offer up for like kids to stay on and like talk through things or um, work on it with me. And the second our meetings are over, poof, they're all gone. And I get it, like it's a lot of time online and um, they're probably sick of being on a computer, but I definitely miss those um, non-structured times and moments. I agree, definitely. And I think that we've, we've missed a little bit as far as there's being online in any classroom. Um, you know, we can try as hard as we are able to, to have these um, connections with students, but there are still, that's this, those small moments where we get to know our students in a way um, that's more personable is what we miss. That physical contact where we can high five or we can give a hug or whatever it may be is, um, you know, just something that I know is definitely hard to not have that. Yeah, that's something that came up in a previous podcast that we did where it was just um, the students were talking about just how long it, it takes now to kind of feel like there's a connection with your teacher now and that it, it takes a bit lo a lot longer <laughs> than a typical year. Absolutely. And the other thing that is has been interesting is the, you know, Mr. Hill and I do, we um, host the Running with the Wolves team. And um, so we have a lot of interaction with other grades. And that is something also that I miss is seeing students that are in first grade or in second grade. And so they having those relationships with students outside of our class, because really we don't, we don't have any opportunities for that. So um, those little moments with other, with students, not just in our class, but within all of our uh, you know elementary but also with all of within all of woods 
Um, yeah, I think we're that, used to yeah. having a teacher say like, oh, hey, this this is coming up. We're doing this in our class and then we can bring our class to go see yeah. it and be a part of it. And that's something yeah. I noticed this year, too. I have Absolutely, also been yeah. known to um, steal children from the hallways <laughs> that aren't in my class and just put them in my classroom. And so like those moments I miss, too, just yeah, yeah. seeing kids from other grade levels and stuff. And mm -hmm. I, I feel like I don't see anybody else except for my class. Yeah. Right. Except for the kindergartners, they're in the building and yes. I get to see them, but they don't know who I am. I, I just like wave to them and they're like, there goes that man in a mask. I don't even know what his face looks like. <laughs> who he yeah. is or what he's teaching or what he's Are doing. Are you Mr. Brian? That's yeah. what I get a lot. <laughs> you need one of those name tag badges where like you can see yeah. the actual, like your face on it and your name. <laughs> yes, I think definitely. if we, if we are, yeah, if we are back in school with a mask, I think that we as teachers should definitely have that. <laughs> the clear ones are weird, though. The ones where you can see through it, like, yes. the idea is cool, but I'm like, it's it's strange. Yeah. Because <laughs> when you breathe, it gets all foggy. And mm -hmm. then it's like hot and it's weird. Um, what are some things that you uh, wish others knew about being a teacher during this time? That's a good question. Um, I think, well, I wish people knew that like, we're all doing this very differently. We're all doing it to the best of our abilities and, um, no matter the amount of effort, I think everyone's trying their best. Um, that's about all we can ask for. Um, and it's because we're all dealing with a lot of things that don't have to do with school while tackling school. Um, and it's hard. Um, but um, we wish that we could, we're caring as much as we can and we're putting our hearts and souls into it as much as possible. Um, and none of us wish that it was this way. Um, right. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think that um, I was talking recently to another teacher and I was talking about how, you know, this, this way of teaching is not what any of us went to school to be really good at teaching online classrooms or an online classroom. So um, we've had to learn something brand new. Um, so I think that oftentimes it, what we, you know, assignments that we are doing or um, activities that we have the students working on the you know it, it might not translate well um, online but it's the intention like what Mr. Hill was saying the intention is there we are you know we're doing things very intentionally but the hope is that it always appears to be it's you know we've learned that things don't translate well online all the time sometimes there are things that are just a miss um, every lesson online is not perfect, and um, we understand that, but we're always trying our very, very hardest and very best. I think something that I wish students knew was um, we are here, and if they need anything, or if they're not sure about something, or if there's just things going on at home, they can always reach out. Um, we don't have, like I said earlier, like once we're done, kids like to leave, but I, I'm still here and available as much as possible. And if something's hard and difficult or like 
they're just way behind on things if they just reach out and say hey like i'm struggling like it's better than just being silent about it and same thing with parents parents have apologized for like sending me long emails and i'm like i would rather know what's going on than not than like be kept in the dark and you just try to stay up on your work um yeah we are flexible and here to help as much as possible and understand that like not all this is going to work out very well like yeah yeah we definitely are um always trying to reach out to families and students and to to be someone that they know they can turn to because it is hard to read um you know some body language online that can be very hard you can you can look and appear completely fine on screen and the moment you turn the computer off your world is very different so having those um you know just know, having our students know that they can reach out to us really at any time. <laughs> we are always, you know, it's always, everything comes to my phone. I know I'm, Mr. Hale is a, the same way I believe. And well, now you've learned that you can have do not disturb on. So I, yes. not always, but yes, for the most yeah. part, I'm always available. <laughs> I leave mine open. Yeah. Almost all the time. Yes, absolutely. So, and I just, I think that knowing that they, that we are here for them, for our for families within our school is so important. So I have a question. Are there any positive things that um, could come out of remote teaching for you? I definitely think so. I think that, um, well, first of all, everybody will be really, really good with technology. We'll be leaps and bounds ahead of wherever we are in third grade, because usually that's the first year we introduce Google Classroom. <laughs> so, but aside from that, I think that we will become um, as educators, more um, aware of the opportunities we have and take advantage of them when we can. Um, and taking every small moment for what it's worth and, and also just using that to um, kind of drive us and, and provide us with um, the inspiration that we need to be great educators, whether we are online or in person. I think it's it great because like, in the future if kids don't understand a concept like i have a recorded video of when i taught this another way you can go back and watch it and learn from that um i joke and say um that i'm just going to take april and may off from school and just go on a long vacation and just assign all the work that i already made last year during yeah. <laughs> the beginning of the pandemic because i'm like i've already recorded it all it's already made i just have to repost it obviously i'm not going to do that but like it, it's nice that all of that exists. Um, right. And I also think it's made us all stronger and better teachers. It's not necessarily the way we want to teach, and it's not the best way to always teach, but it's forced us to learn new things. And um, it's definitely, um, there's been some aspects where like having um, discussion boards have allowed more time for kids to think about a response and not have to like, say it right then and there when we would normally move on from class um, and allows us to go back to old topics and I still have kids that comment on things and I'm like that was like three weeks ago but okay sure and then there's like four more comments from that same section I'm like all right guys like <laughs> you have the time we're not moving on to a new lesson it's no big deal yeah um, there's been some and cool I, things that have come out of it yeah I think what you were mentioning earlier is also important is that we um, can use those lessons that we have recorded as, you know, a second round of teaching of a topic or 
as a different way to see or learn a new concept that's not just me standing in front of a classroom talking. So, um, you know, having done this and the experiences online will, I think, enhance the classroom once we are back in person. I know at the end of the year when I normally read Harry Potter, I'm never reading it again because I have it all recorded and it looks a lot better than it would if I was in person. Like, um, that was my quarantine project at the end of the year was just finding fan art and like doing all of these iMovie edit stuff with it. So um, I'll just be like, we're hitting play for today. Here you go. Here you get to watch it. <laughs> and I'll just sit back with my feet up. <laughs> and then Charlie has our last question. This is something that we've kind of touched on in different episodes and even among our our podcast group here we've we keep coming back to this question so we're interested for your perspectives on this one um how do you think the transition will be when we go back to like real school in the real building oh i think that will be um an interesting day i think it will <laughs> there will definitely be um you know bumps along the way it won't be perfect the first time it won't be seamless but um i think that everybody will be at, you know, whenever that time comes, we'll be eager to be in the classroom and back together when it's safe. And so I think, um, you know, making sure that um, we are just enjoy taking the time with together that we are together um, and having kind of those, ex those moments together will be really important. Um, but I also think that it will, um, the transition back to being in person will not, I, I think it will be a little bit tricky for students as well because the expectations are different. It feels different than when you're at home. You have to wake up early. You have to follow a schedule. That's, you know, it's, it's a little, it feels different than what it does now. Um, yeah, that's the big one we keep coming back to. Yeah, I'm not I've ready to wake up early. I've been ready in the building by 8 or 8.30 or whatever yeah. time it ends up being. Yeah. I think it'll also be hard not to, like, we do so much group work and things and, like, where kids work on projects together. Yeah. Um, one of the fun activities that I know I miss is we did a um, text feature surgery where, like, kids are cutting apart um, pieces of scholastic newses and like gluing them based off of like what type of if it's a title or a caption or things like that and when you're building something together you can't do that when we're having to be um, all in our own separate spaces six feet apart um, so online teaching has been better in that sense that we can work closely together on stuff because um, it's virtual but I think that'll be the hardest change to um, teaching yeah. in person is giving and not yeah. finding new ways to either be able to do it or readjust having to do a lot of independent work right right yeah I and so. I think yeah just having to modify those lessons where we're used to just saying the four of you go sit at that table and work on this well, you know that will look very different I'm, I, and I know that we will be, as a school, very creative in the things that we are able to come up with. We have lots of outdoor um, options now. There's a new Goliath table, so now we have two, and we, <laughs> and we have our outdoor classrooms as well. So I think that we all will be taking full advantage of those spaces once it's a little warmer, <laughs> for sure.
Um, Mr. Hale and Ms. Collins, thank you so much for being uh, a part of our podcast today. It will help our audience get to know uh, you so much better, and interest, it's been interesting to hear your perspective about uh, remote learning. We'd love for you to uh, subscribe to the podcast people on iTunes or your podcast player. You can give us a review on iTunes. We are putting the link in the show notes to leave us a voice comment on our anchor site. Definitely check that out. Uh, we can play your comment on our next episode. We also have a link in the show notes to request, request to be a guest on our podcast, as well as how to connect to us on social media. You can email us at the podcast people at woodscharter.org. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for having Bye. us. It was so much fun. <laughs> Hello, we are the podcast people. We talk from organization habits to a day in the life of a middle schooler. Our goal is to make the world a better place with one peaceful podcast at a time. Brought to you by the podcast people. Hi, I'm McKenna Karen D2. Hi, I'm Lila Collins. And I'm Charlie Jester. Welcome to the podcast.